0: Welcome back, gentlemen, to Death Watch's Call of Cthulhu Campaign Descent into Darkness Season 2. I believe this is the 15th episode of our investigation into the murder of Arthur, not Arthur, Robert Dooley. Uh, last time we left off, Mr. Whitmire and Mr. Monroe had left Orion's spiritual goods shop with some tools in their possession to go try to find it a ley line or a holy site. Meanwhile, er, Dr. Andrews and Mr. Whitmire had just gotten some very confusing information from a pair of scientists at the University of Massachusetts. And we will pick up there with them scratching their heads. But first, let's have our players go around and introduce their character and perhaps their current mental state. (coughs) Hi,
1: I'm Chris. I'm playing Johann Mueller, retired history professor and currently uh, one step away from
2: being a permanent residence at the asylum. I'm Brandon, playing Wallace Andrews, MD, and currently I am quite frustrated at having received two answers that give me no new information, trying to wrap my head around the general theory
3: of relativity. And my name is Justin. I'm playing Lance Monroe, who is getting very excited at the prospect of more ley lines and places of power in boston that i can search for relics
4: into the uh occult world i'm john playing james whitmire who is way out of his depth and probably just along for the ride at this point
0: so yeah dr andrews and mr whitmire are standing in the hallway you can hear the two science geeks Uh, have now launched into a conversation about singularities, you know, wondering if there are forces beyond gravity that could cause these to occur and other things that just confuse you if you listen to it. In fact, all this uh, talk of time drives the player of Dr. Andrews into a rage. (laughs) 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 But how is Dr. Andrews... What is he planning to do next? Uh... I think he plans
2: to just move down the hallway in hopes that a woman appears (laughs) that seems to know him and has some information. Sand rule. Yeah. yeah, So at this point now, I can't make, I can't understand how any of what we've learned here today helps us in our investigation. Um, So we got the insect hair thing that's made of weird stuff, but that doesn't help us and then we've got this drawing um, that's not seeming to help either so we've learned nothing here but we had originally planned to head up to um, Harvard so we could find this uh, finals club the Horsellian finals club and find out what they had to do with you know leaving a pig's head on Dooley's porch and if they might be responsible for the murder themselves so that's the next stop
4: yeah, I think we've learned, well, I think we've heard everything we're going to hear at this location. I don't know that we've actually learned anything. Like, okay, at least nothing I can
0: comprehend from it. Yeah, uh, during this discombobulated state is when she walks in, a young woman wearing, you know, college dress. Brandon, you can give me an a EDU role, education role. Okay. Although she's dressed like a flapper girl in the image, minus the hat.
1: Yeah, that probably wouldn't uh, pass right. on a campus.
0: Oh, dang. It depends. Highly on the campus, educated though. with a regular success. So uh, it's pretty easy for you to identify that she would be a student at Radcliffe College for Women, mm. uh, which is a college that abuts the campus at Harvard, since Harvard is a male only institution at this time. But she uh, was looking around the hall a bit uncertainly, but her eyes alight with recognition, recognition when they fall across you, Dr. Andrews. And she walks up to you in a determined way and asks, are you
2: Dr. Andrews? Uh, yes, miss. Have we met?
0: And you get this powerful sense of deja vu, so powerful, in fact, that you think you might be able to predict the future. Mm. And indeed, you're right. She says, no, no. But I know you and was told that you would be here. And how do you know me and who told you that I would be here? My boyfriend, his name's Murrow Beckett. He went missing last March or this past March. He told me you would be here at this time.
2: Before he went missing, he told you?
0: No. I've been in communication with him. You see, I run the uh, college radio out of Radcliffe, and I heard his voice over the radio I thought I had gone quite mad at first when I was just doing my, preparing for my announcements, and he just started speaking to me. I've been dreadfully worried about him. You see, he had gone one weekend to stay at his parents' uh, to recuperate, and that's when he disappeared, and we haven't heard from him since, until he spoke on the radio. He said that you could help him.
2: And how am I supposed to help him?
0: Well, you would talk to him. He didn't, like I said, he was in sort of an agitated state. Uh, He kept, he's a physicist, a physics major at Harvard, and he kept saying these things to me. He wanted me to draw some sort of diagram, and I couldn't get my head around it, but he said that maybe you could understand it, or he he at least had some indication that you'd be able to help him if he could talk to you. He claims to be in some subterranean place held there against his will, and a, a great many other things that I'm not certain i should repeat if he is in just some fit of madness
2: and uh you you've been speaking with him over the radio so wherever he is he has access to a radio yeah but no one knows where that is
0: well no we have really no way to determine that it was on the am band so you know that has a pretty short range of you know 10 15 kilometers which confuses you because <laughs> it's kilometers and you're like <laughs> Theory of relativity. What kilometers. is a <laughs> We speak in English here, yeah, baby. Unless where he's transmitting has some uh, advanced power source that uh, that I'm not aware of. Well, uh, so uh, then let's let's go speak with him and see if I might help. Well, as I understand it, the university here should have its own college broadcasting or at least radio department. Um.
2: Yeah. So I'll, I'll ask my friend van barnett there's a radio here at the college
0: okay so while you walk uh a short way down the hall to ask them that question did you want to jump in there with anything whitmyer no i'll
4: uh i'll observe for the moment as until we figure out whether
0: there's a uh whether there's a radio here okay so you can see that the discussion has turned into a bit of an argument between the two academics and one of them is a bit red-faced, and the other looks relieved at the new interruption to get away from it. And this is your friend, Van Barnett, and he's like, Ah, oh, what is it, Dr. Andrews? Did you have another question for me?
2: Uh, yes, I wonder, does the college have a radio station?
0: Yeah, the, I mean, they are experimenting with it at this time, so they try out announcements and things like that. I see.
2: Well, I'd like to use it to make contact with somebody who's missing. Okay. That's interesting. I
0: don't think that should be a problem. He looks to his his friend for confirmation that it shouldn't, and he kind of shrugs his shoulders. But he's like, yeah, just follow me. And he leads you through the school to the basement portion of it where there is a little radio room. And there you see they have like a transceiver and they have folders with announcements and, like, scripts for things. And, you know, they have, a, a, like, a cork board up there with various things hanging off of it and all kinds of radio equipment. And in these days they're, they're like, they come in wooden boxes, but you see various parts for it and whatnot and uh, some cables running off to, to wherever the transmitter is located. This is it. Right. You understand this stuff, Dr. Andrews? Uh No. But this young lady here
2: is an expert in this, so she'll help me. I right, thank you very much. Now, travel west, out of my cell. No. <laughs> uh,
0: the tour's on the east wall. <laughs> I think, as friends like, I think it is possible to travel only west and get out of the east door. How? <laughs> the singularity. No. <laughs> All right. Uh, they leave the room, and they leave you with this young woman who has by now introduced herself as Betty Williams, if she didn't already, and she says the odd thing about this is my boyfriend doesn't come in on the same frequency every time; seems to float around. So just give me a minute to dial that in. And she fires up that radio equipment and starts turning the big, the crank—not mm-hmm. the crank, but like There's the knob—steam-powered <laughs> <Right>. radio. <laughs> <laughs>
1: More coal, Whitmire. <laughs>
0: As you and,
4: open the door to the burner, do you see? Uh, bango skank was here
0: (laughs) (laughs) right this guy's everywhere (laughs) we need more coal you got to shovel it in as fast as you can brandon no but she fires it up and you you sense that electrical energy enter the room and and uh, she starts turning the dial there and you hear static it's mostly just static but she pauses every now and then and she she says beckett are you there and then she'll go on to a new one and At one point, she actually gets a signal from the only broadcasting station in Boston at this time that broadcasts through the whole area, Mm -hmm. uh, which is just giving the news, and it jumps out of that into some baseball game. And then she goes on to something else. But finally, you hear a voice that not only is um, coming through the white noise of static, but it also seems like it's far distant. And he says, yes, Betty, I'm here. You detect a frantic edge in, in his voice, and she says, I brought Dr. Andrews.
2: Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll uh, step forward. What was her boyfriend's name again, Beckett? Uh, yeah, so I'll Beckett, son, your girlfriend says you're in some trouble and that I might help. What can I do for you, lad? Because I'm way older than him,
0: okay? So he says, Well. I don't have a lot of time, so I just need you to, to listen. I think I have it all straight, but just listen to what I, I have to say before you ask me any questions. Uh, there are three dimensions of space and one dimension of time, but there are further dimensions proposed, perhaps a plane of existence that sees all possible worlds. Uh, a while back, one of our members at Porcellian found a tome, the Liber Ivanis, from which we made contact with some sort of interdimensional creature. We we first performed the ritual on October 27th of last year, but something went wrong, and then an insectoid, ape-like creature, I'm not sure how to describe it, appeared and took one of my brother's, fraternal brother's, uh, Wallace, to God knows where. But then he came back with a a much disturbed Wallace after a few minutes. Uh, The problem is, I have been, I had been somewhere that the hunter has taken me for so long, I can't remember my correct origin. Uh, There, believe me when I tell you, there is no hell like the one in which you are forced to see a multitude of past lives in which I am wholly unredeemable. When I was there, I could look back and see various different versions of myself, but I'm getting off track. Sometimes I led this ritual... Other times, it was one of my fraternity brothers. I'd seen myself do horrible things that drown out who I truly am. I may have sent this hunter after a man, a tobacconist, Mr. Dooley, because he stopped us from going into the Corbett house. The point is, I don't know who actually did it, because I also so saw one of my, or all of my brothers that were present that day, lead the ritual. There was another person in that place with me, I think I recognized him. He was a professor at Harvard. But then they came back, the interdimensional beings. And we traveled to some subterranean space where there were men in suits. They were setting up a microphone and a transceiver. And they propelled the professor towards something that lurked in the back of this cave, the thing. Dear God, what was it? Toad-like with bat-like ears. It ate the professor in a single bite and then appeared to tilt back its great leathery head and croon. But it was in a frequency not heard by human ears. I only had the vibrations in the cave to signal that sound waves were bouncing around. Then the men in suits packed up the equipment and left. And it's here that I found the radio equipment and was able to use it and reach out to my girlfriend. The men leave me alone here sometimes, but I can sense the thing in the darkness still. It is only a matter of time before they feed me to him. I don't know why they haven't yet. They've brought others, vagrants, groups of them, and fed it to this creature. But you have to understand something else. When I was in that place, I got impressions of where the interdimensional beings traveled. I think that a singularity occurred, which is why I can see all these disparate places and times in one spot. I saw an unhinged mind in the dark, or felt it more appropriately, and the smell of pipe smoke. I saw a man tear out his own eyes and paint a symbol in blood on the wall. I saw a teenage boy ordering periodicals on a shelf with the now dismembered corpse of the macabre painter next to him. I can still see my room at my parents' house, where I had gone to paint figurines for the weekend. I see papers in the middle of grating spread out before me. I am not sure to what purpose they feed the creature, but I am well acquainted in matters of the occult. And I believe that these hunters somehow not only draw one person from where they normally are, but every possible version of that person. It is an absolute annihilation, but also a potent sacrifice. I think that's
2: everything. Now, calm down, son. You're not making any sort of sense. (laughs)
0: Hold on, there's one more thing. I have to list who was there at the original ceremony. It was me, my brothers Cole Bishop, Murrow, or uh, Wallace Bowers, Wade Hoffman, and then the, the signal starts crackling and, and some other names are lost behind the white noise. But then he comes back a little bit stronger.
2: Well, what, what do you need me to do, son? Do you know where you are? How can I rescue you? What do I need who, to do?
4: Who was the professor?
0: I don't know. I saw him at the Harvard campus. Was he a... and he was at the ceremony? He was taken to Taking the subterranean part? place. Ah. Uh, and I... he was also held in the strange interdimensional space in which we traveled. Well, uh, what do you need me to do, son? How can I help you? Well, you could get my rear end out of this mess. I don't know how. You did a... I just knew you would be here because I saw your conversation... <clears throat> At the University of Massachusetts, when I was in that interdimensional space, can and somebody address you, you the ritual? As, yeah, what kind of ritual did you do? Yes, we had uh, performed a blood sacrifice earlier to empower a dagger of unalloyed metal, in which we did the Latin chant "Evocant Venatora," drew a diamond-like shape in the sky with the dagger. It was. Supposed to summon a dark being, and that's what appeared. Do you know the name of the being? No, I just call it an an interdimensional hunter, because the Latin in the Liber Ivanus referred to it as a dark hunter.
2: Can you tell me where to find the
0: Liber Ivanus? I don't know. We got it from somebody who ended up with it at the ritual. As I said, sometimes it was me, sometimes it was one of my—I see—my fraternal brothers. Where did you get this dagger? We just bought it. From, From where? where? Uh, it was really, you wouldn't describe it as a dagger. It was just a knife of pure iron.
2: All right. Beckett Beckett was his name?
0: Yes. I'm
2: going to try and help you, Beckett, but you got to give us more information. Does this uh, interdimensional hunter that you're talking about have any... Is there anything about this that we should know? Does it have any weaknesses? Does it happen to have... Hair, hair metallic-looking hairs that on its body that might break off?
0: Yes, I struggle to put into words what it looked like. It was at once insectoid and ape-like, and there might have been hairs. I was in a state of shock when it appeared. But there's something else you must understand. I'm not sure why I saw you. I hypothesize that the interdimensional traveler will make contact with you. I see. And what does it look like? And at that point, you hear the notebooks on the desk sort of clack open, and you catch a whiff of pipe smoke enter the room, uh, a sort of strong wood smoke smell with a sickly sweet floral underscent. And then you hear a voice chanting in Latin, the voice of Orrin Eddy. And you can hear he's saying something like, one sec here, since you... Speak Latin mm-hmm. reasonably well. He says, The church was to be my body, but now it is gone, and I am blind, forever in the dark. No sense but the sense of time. God help me. And you can watch, or James Whitmire, give me a spot hidden roll. Hmm. So you see on those uh, folders that carry the copy for like scripts for announcements and stuff, they were typed. But uh, they've been blanked out, and you can see Latin words appearing on them in real time. And you also see a strange point, maybe eye level suspended near the entrance to this room, begin to form. It's a point of darkness in which, say you were to poke a pencil through a magazine page, and you see how it distorts the edge of the image on that page it seems to be doing that to the door behind it it starts to grow in size and you feel a coldness enter the room you want how to do rule <laughs> i not <laughs> do yet. i see that
4: or just him? no just him um yeah i'll i'll uh i'll just start like reaching out towards dr andrews and like tapping on his shoulder and uh saying that it it's here Hang on a
2: second, James. I'm trying to talk to this young lad that's trapped in a it's subterranean, interdimensional prison. Place. <laughs> but
4: but it's here.
2: Yeah, so, yeah, then I'll, like, look in annoyance What what he's talking about.
0: Yeah, so by this time, it's become obvious. It's a pumpkin-sized just hole right there before where the door should be, and it bends the image around it like into it in a ways and you can see something vague there's sort of a gray fog beyond this darkness a shape moving towards the hole from its side
2: oh (laughs) that's not something that should happen so we can't
0: it's blocking the door you're not sure it's it's kind of messing up your depth perception around where the hole is occurring because of how it's warping the image yeah but is there any other escape from this room? Doesn't look like it. But you could give me a luck roll. Uh, How about a group luck roll? So whoever's got the worst between the two of you. We got a 44. That's you then. Mm. Well, forty-four. sorry. Moment. There is um, another door in the room. Where is it? Uh, it's behind the desk on <laughs> which the radio equipment is set. Sorry, I no, think. There's a failed roll. On I mean, the west wall. there walk. is
3: something, then it's.
4: it's where you sent the scientists (laughs) um yeah Uh, i think we should charge it
2: betty i'll grab betty's hand and say come with me quickly
0: and we'll run towards that door she's like what Uh, james
2: sacrifice yourself to buy his time
0: (laughs) the other door or the door behind the hole no
2: the one away from the hole (laughs) i don't want to be in hole
0: Okay, so you grab Betty and she's protesting a little bit because she was still focused on.
2: Oh, I'll slap her. <laughs> it's the 20s. She's
4: not. Yeah. She's not <laughs> Get
2: a she's hold of uh, yourself.
4: <laughs> she said, that's a yeah. mild protest. I'll grab her by
2: both shoulders and shake her violently. <laughs>
4: yeah. Was, uh, well, now I'll I step must step in and, and say, no, Dr. Uh, Andrews,
2: no, you're wanted that's up a, front. A little 1920s joke. I'll, you, you had to have been there. I'll drag her. <laughs> Behind me to get to the door opposite
4: the hole. You listen here, you crazy dame. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. I. I re, actually I do want to charge that hole and yeah, whatever's what coming at it. Yeah.
2: Did you bring a weapon?
4: Um, I've got that thirty-eight.
1: Don't be a fool, James. Come with us. To look at uh, with that thirty-eight. Everyone's in danger if he pulls that thing out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he shoots
2: at three rounds. He can't shoot one. <laughs> it's pretty common it's knowledge. it's pretty common knowledge in the 20s that if a singularity begins to open you'd run away from it right
4: I think so no way i I read a study <laughs> that said that you charge it and it closes
2: well, I mean if it really is a singularity then you're not gonna say yeah
0: we're it, so. screwed all right dr Andrews you grab Betty and she's like what what's going on and you head to this other door now the hole has grown to the size of of a very large person, and out steps a hulking, outlandish combination of crustacean insect and ape-like mammal, Uh, and places Whitmire you're most uh, in the best position to see it. It has thick plates of armor while elsewhere their skin is loose, and you can see those hairs on the loose part, the unarmored parts of the skin. Black points of light appear to be eyes set deep into a rudimentary head as though It was half given up on in in its construction. With a mouth that's nothing more than a uh, misshapen hole. And large, talon-like clawed appendages protrude from the arms. May I get a sanity roll from you? Yeah, you can have all of it. (laughs) Ooh, dude, I'm extremely
2: successful.
0: (laughs) Okay, so...
2: uh, I'm like,
3: yeah, no biggie. (laughs)
0: This is just a Tuesday for
4: me. <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> this get the exactly heck out what here.
3: I expected to see from that one piece of evidence that we had yeah. before.
2: <laughs> yeah, who hasn't seen an insect <laughs> slash
0: crustacean slash ape elementary, my dear, with step Meyer. out
2: of a singularity that appears in front of a door? <laughs>
0: okay, if I can also get a luck roll from the two of
4: you. Uh, if I use all my luck, I can succeed <laughs> Well, no, because then you lower the, the target number. Yeah, I
0: know.
1: <laughs>
2: I am a success.
0: Okay, so yeah, uh, your guys' experiences have braced you to strange, possibly supernatural occurrences, and you knew it was a matter of time before something weird started to happen, and here it is. But you miss certain details that would make it even weirder, like temporal disturbances, things that are in motion suddenly moving backwards, or things... In motion, suddenly moving faster or freezing in place. And in the case from Doctor Andrew's perspective of looking at Whitmire, you suddenly see him slowing down, like his movements, like he's moving underwater as he nears the right. Yeah, yeah. So that is going to have a couple effects on you, Mister Whitmire. Your dex is halved, and you can only take half an action. You have to complete it in the next round. And furthermore, you get a penalty die on interacting with other things that are not in the same time flow that you are because you have been caught in a slower one. <laughs> Whatever do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> so that brings it back around to Dr. Andrew's turn. And you are focused on this. Did you shout out, Mr. Whitmire? Yeah. Was, so, yeah, uh, you actually hear like his voice begin to change the... Uh, it deepens as the pitch of it comes uh, slows down. It's here, right? You you might think that this is just the adrenaline. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Oren Eddie's disembodied chanting has sped up, sort of into chipmunk speed, and the the words are flying across the pages. It feels just pages and pages with this phrase over and over again, much like you saw in the almanac hmm At Mr. Dooley's. Yeah, the, you know, the church was to be my body. So, because of the hit to your dexterity, that brings us back around to you, Dr. Andrews.
2: Yeah, so, well, I, I'll shove Betty towards the door, and I'll try and grab James and pull him along with me. Okay. And, it, you know, because, like, I don't have time to reason through what's going on, but it wouldn't be the first time that something supernatural has occurred where he started acting weird so i don't got time to figure it out i'll just grab him and pull him with me you know you should ask i mean last time he attacked monroe with a crowbar mm. this time he's talking funny and whatever but i'll grab a hold of him and try to pull him with me you should
1: uh, petition for three steps towards the
0: door
2: <laughs> give me three
5: steps
0: all right so you're able to pull him back towards you and you guys all get by the, the door, at which point you hear a uh, cry erupt from Betty Williams. It's like a primal roar of rage as her mind breaks to a degree, and you it calls up an image of some, like, cave time woman defending her young or something like that, uh, this wordless, inarticulate, rage-like roar. But we'll bring it back to you, Mr. Whitmire. Okay. So, So
4: having seen that thing, I I will definitely change my opinion of (laughs) what I should do. (laughs) And uh, I will slow move out the door with uh,
0: Andrews. Okay. So, you begin opening the door. Remember, you have to complete your uh, action next to so you, you guys should have opened the door for me. So you watch his his hand float down to that doorknob, the other door from the one you came into the room, uh, Dr. Andrews. What's next? For you? Or hold on, sorry. Bad guy. So yeah, he walks forward. So we'll put you right as the head of this group of people huddled by the door there. And this entity walks towards you as near as you can tell, its gaze is focused on a point beyond you, but it does just try to move you out of the way forcefully, like to uh, throw you to a side. It reaches out one clawed arm and casts you to the side. Who? Dr. Andrews. How do you want to respond to that? Do you want to try to stop it from doing that, or would you just like to dodge out of the way?
2: Yeah, well, this thing's enormous, right? And it's got like a Claw, it's
0: about seven pincher. and a half feet tall. Yeah,
2: I'll try to dodge. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah, I ain't letting that touch me. Yeah, I'll try to dodge it. I don't, you know, maybe. Oh, that's close. And what? How do I do that? Is there a dodge skill? Yes. Yeah.
0: It's in your combat tab. It's also on your skill list. And as it failed the role, all you needed to do was meet its level of success. So yeah, you're able to get out of the way. Uh, it didn't even look like it expected you to move or anything. It, you know, you were just an object for it to move out of its way. So now we'll bring it back around to your turn.
2: Yeah. Well, so then I'll dart ahead and open the door that Whitmire's screwing around with. <laughs> shove them through. You know? <laughs> okay. Quit playing.
0: You well, open the door. It's, it's a
2: singularity. It's not a time for a game. It's a closet. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: With a yeah, lot yeah. of,
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's it's...
0: space you could get in there yeah it's a closet
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> of course it's a closet push
1: Whitmire hard enough you might make an opening on the other side yeah
2: I don't I mean
1: any windows in there no Any no. You, were in, you were in a
0: sub basement uh, it's completely dark you can see there's a light you turn on uh, dangling there by a little pole switch
1: we're dealing with horrors yeah. from some abyss being in the darks where you want to be <laughs>
0: If they can't see you, yeah, Betty is still yelling and she's like trying to get past you, so you can react to that as well. <laughs> I'm
2: just shoving everybody in, okay,
0: with me and shutting the door. All right, so give me your uh, we'll do a strength roll on that one. I'll push it,
2: yes.
0: <laughs> mm. Oh, you guys have the same strength, uh, yeah, go for it. Um, it could be your, your uh, your excited state, you might actually be more f- too forceful and you could potentially do harm to her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so what do I do? Uh, roll it again.
1: Oh, come on! <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so you push her into the closet and she stumbles something unseen on the floor and pitches headfirst onto a shelf, smacks the side of her head on it, and appears to go limp.
2: Well, I...
1: What do I, no harm my <laughs> ass. Hey... Look, <laughs> it's that or be conscious for whatever this thing's gonna
2: do. Yeah, I know. I'm just so I'll just, that. you know, shut the door. Does it have a lock? <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna go inside and shut it. Okay. Yeah, pushing everybody in with me and shut the door. Uh, give me a lo- a luck roll. What does uh,
1: Doctor Andrews and Betty look like to Whitmire? <laughs> like, what's he seeing?
0: Oh, uh, they're um, they're just extremely fast. Yeah, yeah, he's seeing yeah that they're moving a, a quicker. Like he's like do, 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 shh. and she's like bang. And he's
1: like, Oh, what are you guys doing? So it's like uh those car chases <clears> from like Mad Max where they sped
0: up the film. Yeah, right. <laughs> to make it look faster. Uh so there's no lock on the door, but you do see that on your next action you might be able to brace it. Of course you could post up there and try to manually keep the door from being opened. Does want, the door yeah. open in or out? It opens in. Out. Out. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Oh, of course. All right. Okay. Wait, that is countered what I uh, initially said. But since I don't make mistakes as Keeper, it must be some sort of temporal occurrence that's taking place. It seems to change between a door that opens inward and a door that opens outward. Well, it's going through the various
1: possible other dimensions. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, Mr. Whitmire, you're now in this room. The door is closed. You guys are totally in darkness. Which action would you like to start this round? Uh, You do see a light dangling. I
4: will start to... I'm going to start to pull that 38.
0: Okay. Preparing your weapon? Yep. I actually forgot to do this.
1: You know, that ain't good for nothing. Except leaving a man six feet in a hole.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. so you feel, at this moment, the door is an inward opening door, and you feel... A strong force push in to try to get to where you are, you're going to have to succeed at a strength roll to keep it closed. Actually, instead of an opposed roll, let me look at this thing's strength. You'll have to succeed at an extreme strength roll to keep it from barging into the room.
2: Is this happening? It's on the on enemy's interaction. Yeah. Okay. Extreme what? Strength. Mm, that's close. You got enough to luck it? I mean, if there's ever a time to spend luck, this is the time.
0: I Yeah, you could. Uh, as a helper to the investigators, I would say holding the door closed now is a temporary solution to an ongoing problem.
2: <laughs> well, that's true.
0: Well, why don't so. you get in there and help them? <laughs> <I'm>, I am <laughs> helping. What are you talking about? Save your luck. So yeah, it uh, forcefully opens this. I mean, unless you want to spend it. No, no, or no. Or push. No, next. No. <laughs> what would the penalties be
2: on a push like i'd fail and fall right into his arms <laughs> into his mouth
1: um would the, the multiple door doors would... existing in the same space cause a,
0: a like a rupture <laughs> well probably just because you know that this door is is in a state of flux the force you're putting on it it would suddenly change if you failed the push and you would be aiding the creature mm. and it would put you at a disadvantage as your mom- as your force is suddenly reverse. thrown off balance yeah you, you know, right yeah
2: you, no i'll just yeah, okay let it go
0: so it pushes the door open not like splintering or anything like that it's just like you might if a child were on the other end yeah and you slide back and that's it for its action which brings us back to you dr andrews
2: all right so i want to either like she f- flew forward hit her head on a shelf so like I want to see if there's a shelf that I could pull down so it would wedge in that space. Yeah, where you where can it, do that or it is if see if there's a weapon nearby in this closet that
0: would be useful to me. There is improvised weapons. Well, I'll do the shelf. I'll pull it down so that it. So it's another out. obstacle in the path of. Start yeah, sticking it with morphine. Okay, well, give time for Whitmire to finish getting his gun out. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, so yeah, with no roll needed, you're able to, these are like standing shelves. They have a bunch of like small copper tubing and and weird looking Mm -hmm. coils and like glass bulbs that just come clattering down and, and shatter if they're shatterable. And you throw it across the path of this interdimensional hunter, which brings us back around to you, Whitmire. You're able to finish pulling that gun out. So remember... Can I say something
4: as well? yeah yes yeah. I'm I'm gonna tell dr
0: Andrews to shoot you. or shoot it shoot <laughs> so I'm going to uh, apply a slowdown effect on your voice so this will sound pretty funny when you say those things <laughs> yeah so you hear this deep stretched out shoot or what did you say I'm
4: going to shoot it, it is no I'm telling dr Andrews I'm telling him to shoot it
0: okay, gotcha. Like, take the gun. Yeah, take take the gun and shoot it. So, yeah, he's got that gun in his hand, but it brings us around to this thing's turn. And I'm going to see if it fumbles or something on a strength roll. Yeah, I guess we'll give it an actual. It needs to pass a strength roll to get that out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) It it did. Which, of course, it does with an extreme success. In this case, it just tears it to pieces. It gets both claws on the shelving and and wrenches it apart so that the path is open again and takes a step towards you was it a metal shelf or a wood one it was a com- a combination because oh, was gonna say that's like metal screech <laughs> right yeah yeah you definitely hear that where it bends the frame part of it but the the shelf part were wooden boards now because of the of having a ready gun you can actually act to fire again Meyer because you get uh, boost to fire a gun before dr andrews is uh, around if you if that's what you're planning oh. on doing uh
4: yeah if i can the idea behind that was if if he was going before me that he would be able to take the gun and fire it but okay. if i'm able to to get uh shots off then i'll do that
0: yeah so you can uh you can shoot only once you can't. You may plan to shoot three, but you won't get the rest the rest of the shots out till the subsequent round. No because of your state, you would get a penalty die. But because you're in point blank range, that affords you a bonus die. So you're just rolling a regular success for a regular success. Does uh, Whitmire realize <sighs> he's slowed? I think you probably got some sort of clue okay. about it because everybody else looks like they're moving fast, and this is literally out of your worst nightmares, where all the actions you take. Or like you're in water yeah. or mud, you know. Okay. So it looks like you failed failed your shot there, but not fumbled. So in reality, should I where push you're, it? <laughs> well, you can't push the combat roll, which uh, means like your your combat skills and like a dodge skill. I think those are, it's what it, what it's limited to. I thought it was all skills in the context of combat, but I think it's just those ones specifically. So you would have to use luck, or that's the end of your turn. Yeah, I don't have enough luck. All right, so now you can act, Dr. Andrews. And this thing has dismantled your barricade, and it stands right before you, or before you and Whitmire.
2: Okay, so what would I think I would have a better chance of doing? Would I be able to get Whitmire's gun and fire it better than I'd be able to pick up a improvised Weapon and attack with it, like fend him up, like a piece of shredded metal from the shelf. Or, well, it?
0: the uh, you can do both and the attack in the same round, it would just put you at penalty. So, I suppose it's what you're better at doing skill wise. Although, the with the gun, you would get a bonus for point blank range. So, that might be the way to go if your skill is sufficiently high. Oh uh, man,
2: it, it isn't. I'll have to use my brawl.
0: Okay, so yeah, you can use the metal. You can pick up the metal and attack with it at this time, but with a penalty die. So yeah, just roll another one. Oh, nice. So you move that to an extreme success, mm-hmm. which gives me a luck roll. Mm-hmm. Nice. My, my. It's a sharp piece of metal, so we'll make it do impale damage. What's your, we'll give it a 1d4 plus 1 for its damage. What's your damage bonus, if any?
2: Uh, no, I don't. It's a minus one,
0: so it's base because of the impale will be its max damage four plus a d4 roll from you, so eight. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, That's a good it, bit of damage, yeah, that would have almost
1: killed me,
2: yeah. So I'm basically just looking for any unarmored spot to stab this. You are a medical professional, yeah. I know, I know the anatomy of interdimensional hunters <laughs> that are. Crustacean,
3: insect, insect, insect
0: ape-like human. 300 humanoid. level classes. <laughs> yeah,
2: at, <laughs> yeah.
3: At
0: medical school, right? Yeah. All right. So dealing up a total of eight damage there, uh, and aiming for what is is usually cross species soft spots. You plunge it into somewhere on its abdomen, and it definitely reacts to it, but it doesn't kill it. At least not in this round. Yeah. And it pauses and regards you. For what you would consider the first time in this encounter, whereas it was, now you guys have become aware it was fixed on the unconscious form of Betty once it moved that thing out of the way. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Whitmire already acted earlier in the round, so we're going to bring it back to the Dark Hunter, which is now regarding Dr. Andrews, and it's going to attempt to pick you up by your arms, so like grabbing both your arms and picking you up. Okay. Okay. And it's going to do that with uh, its brawl roll, so you have the option of dodging or brawling, yeah, I'll, or brawling it back. Yeah, I'll brawl it back. Okay, let's see how it does. It got a regular success. Oh, nice. And got you a got a hard, hard success. success. So what is the outcome? I, I suppose when you're doing a fighting maneuver, usually you're trying to get some sort of goal, mm-hmm. right? Like what are you doing? What's your retaliating move, I guess, as it tries to pick you up?
2: Yeah, so, I mean... Is it's reaching forward, trying to pick me up? Then, and it's so much taller. So I guess my objective would be to like get under its reach, put a shoulder
0: into it. Okay, to like push it backwards or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll say you actually are able to basically bull rush it out of your guys' closet space, and that brings us back around to your your turn ordinarily. Although Whitmire, if you're going to continue firing, you can you can. What, did you plan for... Th- or I guess you didn't get the penalty for it. So you only shot one round. Did you want to start to shoot again? What is... Well, is uh,
4: Dr. Andrews going to cause any other type of penalty if I do? Yes. So I will I will try and wait until he is clear.
0: Okay. So we'll come back around to you then. So it is now your action, Dr. Andrews.
2: Alright. Yeah, so I've managed to... Bull rush him out a little bit. Yes. Would I be able to come back in and shut the door again? Yeah. That's what I'll do. Give me a luck roll. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the uh, the phase of possible doors uh, orientation changes when you're trying to close uh. it, <laughs> and uh, it it switches to an inward one. So when it was like you had it outward, you were going to close it. The jam was going to be there. It's now uh switches and the door keeps swinging open and you were unprepared with it and it opens the rest of the way. So you're just in that state while it's been pushed back. All right. Did you want to uh, act now, Mr. Whitmire? Uh, do I have a, a clear uh,
4: firing lane? Yeah. Then yes. Are you going to plan for one shot or three? Um, Isn't there a penalty if I go with more than one?
0: Yeah. A penalty on each roll. Yeah, I'm I'm just gonna uh go with one. Okay, go ahead and fire it out for me now. Nice. And make a damage roll.
4: Sorry, I guess I should have rolled that from the combat tab. No, that's all right.
1: So That said, always go with multiple shots. Works for <laughs> Charles.
0: <laughs> okay, so that uh just to understand where you're at, we rolled it out now, but that will take effect on your next action. Okay. So right now the cylinder's yeah, turning. Yeah. So, from your guys' perspective, Whitmeyer's bracing up to fire, and this thing moves to re-engage with you. This time it just reaches one claw at your head with the intent of grabbing your head and throwing you back behind it out into the room. How do you want to respond to that? Yeah, I'll, I'll brawl it. Okay. Oof. Going up against the hard success there. Mm. Nice. So in the case of an opposed fighting brawl roll, it goes to the aggressor. Had it been a dodge, you would have succeeded.
2: Well, my dodge is only twenty, so
0: uh, You're how far away from making it an extreme success? Is that something you want to consider with the use of luck? Yeah. What would it? How far away would I be? What's one fifth of sixty-seven? Like thirteen. So twenty points. I yeah. believe they round up for their yeah, one. Yeah, so would be fourteen. 19 points yeah i'll I'll spend it all right and what was the goal of your your counter maneuver Uh,
2: yeah so he's reaching for my head so uh, like once again like i just try to get underneath and still working on like pushing him back out of out of here out of away from us or no that's not true like if he's reaching for my head then like i would want to duck underneath and try to stab him in his like his armpit, if so, you want to deal with some damage? Yeah,
0: yeah. Go ahead. One just here. a D4 roll for your weapon there, as your bonus damage cancels out its bonus damage. Huh. Yeah, so it, okay, it kind of sparks off, doesn't spark, but it bounces off the more armored part. It just makes a movement that you didn't expect, and it appears to be ineffective. Okay. Okay. Whitmire's started the firing already in this round. All right. So, Dr. Andrews, it's your turn, actually. And Whitmire's shot has gone off, and it did some damage to the entity. But it see, still seems determined.
2: All right. And now,
0: is it is it inside the doorway? Like yeah. What? Yeah. You guys are standing on opposite sides of it. Okay.
2: Well, yep. I guess I'll just, you know, use Brawl
0: to try and keep stabbing at it. Okay. Uh, you guys can... Like team up, and the way that works is: what's the strength between you and Whitmire? What are you guys' ratings? My strength is a, forty. Mine is the same. So we would deduct forty from this entity's strength, and then whoever wants to make the roll rolls against that reduced value. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Like with what kind of an action? Uh, you would just both be doing the same thing, basically. But it might be hard to coordinate since he's a little bit time shifted. So you want to stay with your yeah original plan. Do some more damage? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead and make your fighting brawl roll. And I tried to counterattack there, but you were successful. So roll a d4 damage for me. Again, since it's sort of moved its arms in front of it to combat you, you keep hitting these armored plates with that implement of yours. They don't seem to be scoring it, okay. even in the slightest. Uh, Whitmire's damage had finished, so that's it for you. And it comes back around to the entity, which is going to try again to move you out of its way. Dodge or fight back, Dr. Andrews.
2: I guess, so what I'll try to do is, like, dodge and see
0: if I can, in that dodge, like, slip behind it. Okay. So I'll actually move... Well, no, I'll allow it. Okay. Dodge roll. Yeah, well. Okay, so it gets a hold of you, and it grabs your hand the one not wielding the implement, and you watch as the skin on it begins to blacken and wither. Well, first, before it hits that blackened state, you see like age spots appear on it, and it become wrinkly, and then it becomes blackened on the outside and withers, uh, dealing you five points of damage. Okay. Only thing worse than negative levels in a tabletop
1: game is sudden aging.
0: (laughs) Just on your hand. And what are your hit points total? Eight. So that deals you a major wound, obviously. And uh, you need to pass a constitution roll to stay conscious. So this basically sends, you know, 100 years, well, we'll say like 40 years worth of living, live, living pain through that hand. So that shoots all throughout your nervous system. So every ache and bit of arthritis that would appear in your life does so now before oh. the hand withers okay. into a blackened bit of flesh. You'd figure you're playing Casimir to be throwing that at Brandon. <laughs> so constitution?
1: Yes. Oh, can he
0: luck or You can luck push? or push. I'm thinking of, so the experience lies outside of the normal uh, and maybe that much pain at one time. Could provoke a sanity roll if you were to fail a push on it.
2: Uh, I mean, well, what what happens if I? You could lose some sanity
0: potentially. No, I mean right could, now.
4: Could he use that Merriweather thing as uh, a up philo- or philosophical discussion on uh, what would happen if you aged rapidly?
0: Well, we could we could generate how Merriweather's lifeline would. Would help you. I will also remind Finn you McCraken that you... the Kraken comes in and starts yes, breaking heads. you could summon the <laughs> Kraken. <laughs> Big guy with a shotgun.
1: So is this him attempting to remain conscious? Is this what
0: it is? Or? Yeah, right. Okay. Because yeah. basically it was like a blast of pain that uh, caused people to faint, basically. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> um, yeah. Or the push or 41 luck. Or lifeline wait a second we're using an optional rule let me look up the details oh, okay. i totally forgot about yeah,
2: it. yes so as luck may be spent to remain conscious for a few extra rounds remaining conscious until the end of the current round costs one point yeah. of
0: luck so we can do that you can just spend what you failed the roll but you can spend a point of luck to stay up okay i'll do that all right so you're conscious for one more round we will end the entity's turn and begin are you going to To fire again, Whitmire, did you want to start the combat round that way or do something else? Yeah, I'll fire again. Okay, so you begin to fire. We'll go ahead and roll it out. Nope. But you also fumbled. Would you look in your weapons and see what the malfunction rating is listed as? 100. Okay, so your gun doesn't misfire or anything like that. It's something else. Got any ideas, Justin? No, there's always like a ricochet or something like that. Or some sort of effect
3: of him being slowed,
4: as uh, we could land on uh,
0: land on a uh, bad shell. Well, I don't want to do the malfunction one because that's with a you oh. know a thirty eight revolver that specifically needs a a one hundred. But you did fumble the shot. So what I'm going to do, which is ordinarily not possible, is <laughs> you see that Dr. Andrews, you see this time shift has messed up Whitmire. And whatever he's perceiving when he fires his gun or plans to, it's going to be aimed at you. So you have the opportunity to dodge a gunshot that you know is coming. Do those bullets start off slow and then speed up once they (laughs) get outside the field? Yeah.
1: That's
4: pretty cool. (laughs) I'm sorry for murdering you, Dr.
0: Andrews. Well, you only want you to know that. If you fail the dodge roll, then you dodge because he got a. Mm. A fumble. You, yeah, you just don't you, if you fumble, fumble oh, okay. your dodge roll, you dodge. But we're rolling to see if you fumble because you could dodge and then land in a disadvantage mm-hmm. advantage okay. way. Let's
2: see what happens.
1: This is how we know Whitmire's a rogue, though, is you always take the shot as a
0: rogue. Yeah, so you're able to step out of Me. his line of fire, and okay. the shot just misses the entity when it goes off next round. Right? Uh, you just got out of his way where he was aiming. So now it's your turn, Dr. Andrews.
2: I will release the Kraken. <laughs> okay. I think this is the perfect time where a big Irishman with a shotgun is going to be useful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it makes sense. Finn McCracken had, of course, followed Jimmy Whitmire to the University of Massachusetts that day mm-hmm. to keep an a, eye, eye on him, and he got nervous by the length of time he were in there, so... The big Irishman went wandering uh, the halls. and so I think
4: he would hear the uh, thirty-eight go off too, right? Right.
0: And, well, he was questioning the, the two scientists that had left about the whereabouts of uh, Mr. Whitmire or Dr. Andrews. And they said, oh, they went down to the radio room. And then that's when the blasted, blasting started to occur. So he raced down and at this moment kicks in the door with his shotgun ready and takes a shot at this creature. See how he does. I need a big Irishman with a shotgun following me in my everyday life. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> He's uh, my Irish guardian angel. I'm picturing a
1: 1920s Terminator. How'd he do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was nice. 37 was out of 70. Nice. success. Yeah, that was almost a hard success, too. Is he firing both barrels or just one? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good.
5: <laughs> oh,
1: lucked out. That's good. Yeah. Uh, last thing you need is, wait a sec. <laughs> hey, aren't Irishmen immune to the
0: sanity
5: loss? <laughs> Only,
1: Only when, when they're drunk, drunk,
0: which is all of the time. <laughs> all right. Um, back to the, so he comes in, he waves away his shock at seeing what's occurring and blasts off that shotgun. What did he deal? 11 damage there?
5: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, you see all that pellet, all those pellets and stuff uh, managed to hit the unarmored part of his back, and you see bits of this strange flesh blast out into the room, and you hear, you know, some of this buckshot sprinkling around in that closet. You may even uh, feel it pass near you, or get that sensation of it. But anyhow, the creature topples over. Nice. Apparently dead. So we will leave Dr. Andrews and Mr. Whitmire and Finn McCraken and the basement of the University of Massachusetts for a moment to look in to Professor Mueller and Mr. Monroe as they've not made it a block away from Orion's spiritual goods before you hear the sound of loafered feet hitting the pavement behind you. Okay. I'll put my hand (laughs) in my jacket. Okay.
3: Uh, Having someone walking behind us on a public street really isn't that uncommon. Yeah, so it's it's I'll, the
0: hurried pace of it that might draw your attention. I'll kind of, yeah, I'll glance over my shoulder. So you see a flustered-looking look. Lamar with a bunch of implements in a bag underneath his arm. He was the proprietor of a race yeah. uh, coming up to you, and he's, he's like, uh, uh, against my better judgment, I must know what you are up to, and I've come to offer my <laughs> services... <laughs> I'll give him a if you'll a, take it. A, a smile. <laughs> uh, you are more
1: than welcome to be aboard, Herr Roma. Uh, we were just simply going to begin um, dousing for yes. various ley lines. We it's... believe that they are part of a much bigger web. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, dear. Are we going to the Boston Commons now?
1: Yes, we are. Oh goodness! So let's see. What did we get? We got the two dowsing sticks. Yes. Did we also get the the jewel? We the, did get the crystal. Ah, excellent. Perhaps uh, we should um first go to a place where we can attempt the dowsing via the map.
3: Or do you want to go with the two sticks? Um. Well, perhaps uh, while we're waiting for the train, we can try the the uh, the map, mm-hmm. and then we can use the dowsing rods once we're a little bit closer to the actual commons. Ah, very well. So I guess we will go over to the train, and while yeah. we
1: wait, we will spread the map out on the ground. Okay. And uh, would you like to uh, do the honors, or perhaps our guest,
3: Herr Lamar? Well, I've n- actually never seen this done in person, so if uh, Lamar would like to perform and, and demonstrate that. Ah, uh, yes, wonderful. Neat. I'll uh, light my pipe and
1: gesture to Lamar, you know, Please that are dowsing on the map, Lamar. Okay. Uh, think of, yeah, I'm sure you know what ley lines are, but uh, positions of power, strong emotion. Uh, what else? Uh, spiritual
0: essence. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so here he begins to perform his occult skill, his knowledge of occult, uh, different traditions. And it all looks like he has a good understanding of it. But in reality, what is to determine the effectiveness is a luck roll mm. <laughs> so we can use the better yeah. of the two 48 62 go for it oh, oh
1: can you you can't push luck huh
0: well he just states that he's not it doesn't seem to be keying in on the boston commons i'm sure that you all just lost our in just fact okay. it seems to be keying in on
1: our location <laughs> really there's no reason to uh, not believe that there are some ley lines here. Perhaps T- the energies are interfering.
3: Perhaps, perhaps. Uh, maybe pull out the dousing routes and see if we get a reaction here as ah, well. Yes, of course. Uh, perhaps you should do it this time on the uh, road? We have two sets,
1: if you, ah. we can both see. <laughs> I still believe that panning would be the best route, but... <laughs> Without a hammer and a chisel, we are a bit <laughs> out of luck. And
0: uh, I'll take <laughs> the dowsing rods from uh, from Monroe. All right, so you guys can. Or are you both doing it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Go ahead and both throw your occult rolls and luck roll. Occult roll and luck roll. Nice. Ooh, there we go. All right, occult.
1: Okay, and luck.
3: <laughs> nice. <laughs> Wow, what are the odds of that? Both <laughs> succeed on the occult and hard succeed on luck. Probably because they
0: usually use like time, the clock for determining random. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, maybe not that high. I don't know. Since well, it's like a it hundredth of a second or Is something. That, yeah, or yeah, I, I guess that says. would make it pretty high then. But in any case, you're both experts at what you do. You are 70 or near 70 in your skill, uh, professionals. Uh, although it looks quite odd to spectators. You, yeah. get, you get sort of a small group. <laughs> Of people that weren't already there, waiting to take the tram stop and like watch you for a little while, and a few people can, ask you what you're doing.
1: Yeah, can I like maybe even trade off with Monroe? Can we begin to <laughs> go into to lecture on? Oh, I'm more things? than happy. Yeah
3: to to put on a per, like a performance with uh, complete with flyers fluttering everywhere.
0: Yeah, you're able to, and you draw the crowd. You're able to hand out flyers in between. Your activities, and uh, if there's anything you want to pimp. <laughs> oh, no. I... <laughs> <laughs> ProfessorMuller.com. <laughs> Not necessarily pimp, but uh for the most
1: part, I would go probably more into the more historical aspect of dousing. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, a, a fairly familiar, if you are a farmer for finding waters, this is a very common technique, you know, stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Various cultures that might use it in various other uh, ways.
0: Okay, so what you realize uh, with is you're picking up a very weak, perhaps sacred line that seems to be localized to a narrow strip, and when you follow it one way and then the other, you realize that in one direction it leads towards the north end of Boston, where with an education roll or a no, it's called no in this case, but you roll your education and this is your understanding of Boston. You can do the same, but at, you need a hard success okay. since you're not, a, you don't live in Boston. well the area that it's pointing to to the north made an impression on you and that would be the chapel of contemplation Mm. the uh corbett house which you realize is running in a direct line in that direction right that if you were to walk through all the buildings and everything like that you would end up at the corbett house or the chapel of contemplation and now you key together that oh the chapel of contemplation is further in a direct line from the Corbett House, you are quite certain it would be precise if you were to walk from here to there. Okay. That explains why uh, you are unable to get the to work,
1: Loma. There's (laughs) a very high spiritual energy running on that
3: direction. Is there? Yes, directly to the Corbett House. Ah, yes. Oh, no. (laughs) But if we continue the line south, where, where, where does that lead us? You know. It's the Boston Commons. Oh, then, yeah, I'll I'll mention that, that if we follow the line the other direction away from the Corvette House, then it leads directly to our next destination in the Boston Commons. Ah, soon the adventure continues. I hope you are still ready to go, Loma. Yes? Excellent. This is rather (laughs) exciting. I mean, (laughs) I had hoped that we would find something at Boston Commons, but this this strengthens my belief
0: that, that there truly is something there. Oh, most definitely, Hal Monroe. <laughs> so when the tram arrives, there's a sort of depressed sigh that runs through the small crowd as you guys make your farewells and depart as the point of interest in their dreary lives has now evaporated. And yeah, they must go on. <laughs> I'll continue
3: passing out flyers as fast as possible and then board the train.
0: Yeah, so the tram takes you. It runs right by the Boston Commons. There's a separate area called the Boston Public Garden, which is what Lamar had narrowed it down to okay. uh it's just separated by one street where you go and it's more plants and and trees and whatnot in yes. that area
3: i was looking at the map of all the streets and stuff around there in boston commons looks like it's been laid out in an eldritch symbol <laughs> <laughs> like look at this it like the way that the lines are, are yeah. drawn up on it it looks like it's laid out yeah there's even like a weird eye in, for one of those for one of those uh Fountains and stuff.
2: Yeah, interesting. But anyway, probably designed that way by the Luminardi.
0: <laughs> Luminardi. Hold on a second. Let me change maps. Actually, I haven't looked at this one in a long time. Give me just a moment. Okay, dynamic lighting's off, so I can freely move you guys there. Yep, that's the map that I was just looking at. Yeah. So we'll say your tram drops you off. Beacon Street, there at the north end of the public garden. Okay. And as you can see, they have a pretty big pond and a bridge going across it and all these pathways with different plants. Uh, I'm not sure. I have to compress these things or shrink them down a little bit, but it kind of shows what the numbers on the map mean, like what they are. But that's incidental. You see many different types of trees. Uh, you know from that bit of children's chant that a sycamore tree in particular could have something to do with what you're looking for. But Lamar says, you know, they have an old graveyard in the commons itself, which is where that they buried all those laborers I was telling you about. Hmm. Some yeah. 80 black laborers that died during the construction of the Boston subway. Although I must say, if that had something to do with the sacred site here that it is a little bit distant from where we are currently. And I was pretty sure that my nephew said that they were in the public garden area, that that's where they would do the chant. I believe he, it was a woman kneeling to pluck a flower's statuette that they would do it by. So all we must do then, perhaps, is find that statuette. Unless you'd like to go take a look at this old graveyard. Well... Well, I will we'll leave it up to your discretion, Herman. Which is closer? I would assume the statue. Well,
3: I suppose we could go to the statue on our way to the graveyard
0: and see what we find. Very well. <coughs> okay, so as you make your way, look at it, all the different flowers, which are in brilliant, you know, uh, they have a lot of ones that are bloomed right now, so it's really quite a spectacle to be here. And the famous swan boats are on that pond there mm. paddling around and um frog pond or is right a different one, okay i think that's or no you guys are over here in the public garden so oh, okay it's the unnamed uh, irregular shaped pond that you see uh those boats floating about on and you have lots of groups of ladies or a man and a woman walking along the paths you know oogling the flowers and trees and the different statues here like they have a fountain like some pretty amazing fountains set up. But finally you uh, you see the statue beneath a pretty big gnarled sycamore tree, an old one, uh, of a woman kneeling to pick flowers. It's cast in marble mm-hmm. or chiseled out of marble, I think would be yeah. when casted mm-hmm. out of marble.
3: So perhaps there is a way that one could cast marble. <laughs> yeah. As we're finding out things, it wouldn't surprise me if... <laughs> <laughs> Um, so as we approach it, do we feel that feeling like when we entered the, the grounds of the church of contemplation or?
0: Yes, but only when you get under the, uh, underneath the branches of the sycamore tree. Okay. And
3: I'll, I'll comment on that as we get closer. Like this, this tree definitely has
0: the feel of being a source of power. Yeah. And Lamar has gone dreadful, dreadfully pale as he begins to feel it too. Hmm. And he says this happened in uh, Mr. Corbett's house. It's because you have uh, stepped into
1: the one of the ley line path. Yeah.
3: Yes. This is a highly spiritually dense area. This is, is exactly the kind of location that we've been looking for.
0: But what is causing it? I mean, is it this statue? It says it's dedicated to Lily Flores, and it was only recently placed here.
3: Hmm. I'm trying to remember back uh, if... Lily Flores was one of the members of the church of uh, or the was
0: it the Cult of Starry Wisdom? Possibly. I will neither confirm nor deny. Is there a role that I can make <laughs> that? Yeah, you could do your education role, you're likely to get it. Okay. Yes, uh you remember her being listed in Oh, I forget the source. Was yeah, it, it was place? one of the articles that right. that Dr. Mm-hmm. Call showed us when yeah.
2: he joined us and she was um yeah, and she was at the uh... Uh,
0: also the uh retired detective mentioned mm-hmm. as her being as her being one of the members that was redacted out of the police report yeah. because uh at the time she was a star vaudeville player and it surely would have damaged mm. her reputation. So, oh, yeah.
3: well, uh at each of the other locations that we found one of the members was laid to rest there. Mm so at the church of contemplation oren was in a sarcophagus that so frau hidden. um oh dang uh, flores so frau flores is she owns a tree or is she owns as a statue well i suppose this would be a good place for the dowsing rods to try and pinpoint a location for the source of power perhaps but this close to the ley line it could Very confuse
1: true. but Is worth it. Uh, Perhaps we could do a simple investigation of the statue. Perhaps
0: the... I
1: don't know if I know that word. Arcane or cult symbology.
0: You can see uh, uh, the date of her life on this dedication would have only put her at 35 years old when she died in 1919. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, 1919. uh, And Lamar, he's he's like, well, we could try to... One of us could open ourselves up to, as a conduit, mm -hmm. even hesitate to suggest that now that I think about it. Forget I said anything. Perhaps we will use that at um, if
1: our initial investigation fails. Yes, that's that sounds like a... But thank kind of you for plan. volunteering, Lamar. <laughs> um, so, um, investigation
3: for various occult symbology? on yes. the, Perhaps there would be something carved on the tree or on the statue? As well as any kind of mechanics that might be used to hide a, mm-hmm. a burial chamber of some sort yes uh it's was it afternoon evening heading in the evening finally. I i would hate to attempt to dig up a statue
1: in the middle of
3: uh or in, in broad daylight <laughs> uh, we didn't bring any digging implements anyway uh the the Orn was uh buried in a sarcophagus and it it just shifted mm. away from from the uh altar and he was buried underneath perhaps there's something similar to the statue or perhaps uh some unknown cavern underneath. Oh, perhaps. Uh, perhaps maybe a drainage nearby.
1: Alright, so first, airkeeper, so you know, we will look for any occult symbology
0: on Ziza's sycamore or the uh, statue. Okay. Thank you. Tonke. So, you guys split up and you're dousing and looking for occult symbols Yeah. around, or are you going to stay in a group? <laughs> no, we'll, we'll kind of split up so that we can all right. Yeah, it's daylight still. I'm not too worried. Well, I need a uh, hard spot hidden. Mm. Or natural world, if you're better at it.
3: Natural world. I could give it a shot. Do you get to try both? Or? No,
0: it's just one or the other. Sorry, oh. it was a combined roll.
3: Then yeah, it would have been the spot hidden anyway. That still would have been, even as a hard, it would have been higher than my natural world.
0: Okay, so... Mr. Mueller, as you're examining the tree, nothing, uh, no occult symbols jump out at you, but you do see you almost missed it because it had, it has been there for a while and it, it didn't look, it looked natural, just like a natural knot or hole in the tree. But you realize that someone had drilled into that tree in times past, drilled a small hole into it.
1: Hey, uh, Lamar, could you come over here? <laughs>
0: Uh, he does. He stops a good three paces away from you, though. And he's uh, like, yes, what is it, Mr. Mueller? Or, uh, um, uh, come closer, Herr There uh,
4: uh, appears to be
1: something uh, in the tree. Uh, I can't quite see it. In
0: my age. Okay. Could you uh, <laughs> reach inside for me, please, my boy? Well, uh, I misspoke. The hole would be, you know, maybe no No larger in diameter than a dime, right? Mm. Um, So, but he could definitely peer into it for you. Please, (laughs) thank you for the suggestion, Herrera. What do you think it is?
1: I don't know. I'm hoping that you can describe to me what you see inside.
0: Uh, I don't know. The light's in a bad position there. Do you have anything? I have this lighter. Okay. will
1: that work for you? It might. Uh, Monroe might have uh, one of those electric
3: torches. I suppose it would. That be a luck roll? Yeah. So yeah, uh, I guess I would have thought of that as we were heading out. We grabbed it with a, the fading a daylight. Yeah.
0: So yeah, you uh, you want an electric torch? Yep. Okay. Maybe that's what amped up the price of mm, yeah of your your guys's, cause they're still sort of new. But yeah, it's they're handy in the way that you can pinpoint light, unlike a lantern. So you guys get it up there and you're shining it down this hole. And he's like, uh, I don't see anything. i be kind of leaning forward on my cane. <laughs> oh, wait, I see something shining, reflecting. Yes, there's something metal, I think, that's reflecting uh-huh. off the light. But it's way in there. Anything else, Herr Lamar? Uh, that's it. <laughs> ah, very well.
1: Monroe!
3: <laughs> I have found something. Thanks to Herr Lamar, of course. Lamar, I'm glad you made the journey with us. You've... Proved invaluable already.
0: <laughs> uh, thanks.
3: So now, how do we fish this, this
1: item out? I believe we have to be very careful. We don't know what it could be. It could be a seal, or it could be nothing. And then we have a damaged,
3: aged tree. Well, in every case, these locations, we found some sort of an item that held the the spirit of Perhaps, one of the members. Um, what I even... um. There's those jeweler, I forget what they're called,
1: but they, you kind of push down on them. They're on a spring. Yeah. And three prongs yeah. come yeah. out. It's used yeah. for handling like yeah, gems. Yeah.
0: With some specialized tool, you could probably reach in there. No, perhaps, or something like that.
1: Perhaps uh, a jeweler's. Yes. Uh, I forget
0: the name. Um, with an extreme luck roll, you already rolled yours and it was only regular, but there's a chance that you might. Have, have that on for whatever re- whatever well it, stuff you have been up to in the past.
1: Well, yeah, maybe for various archaeological digs. Yeah. I found that it came in handy. All right, so extreme luck. Yes. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh.
3: Um. So it's getting on towards evening. Are there any shops nearby that we might be able to pick something like this?
0: Hold or- on, I have to pay pay respects to the fumble that just occurred. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So remember, if it's under a skill fifty. The fumble range is five points. It's the top five. In any case, while you guys are talking, uh, a hand slips around your waist in a very familiar way, Monroe, and you hear a whispered voice in your ear, a feminine voice, and it says, sorry, I closed my thing.
3: What did you do to me, Johan?
0: I did nothing, Herr Monroe. (laughs) Perhaps your
1: uh, actions in the past have caught up with you.
0: Yep, very likely. And this woman's voice whispers in your ear. Uh, You feel the hot breath tickle the back of your ear. Uh, She says, bury an ounce of flesh in my fertile earth, and you will surely learn my worth." And when you turn around, it's Lamar. (laughs) But his mouth is just open, like he's not forming the words. And this woman's voice is issuing forth. Okay. Is this going to be sand check? Is this a sand check? (laughs) A small one, Yes. Not good for me.
3: Oh, not good oh, for Oh, wow. You. Success! And I... Yeah. Found the bar. I can't spend luck to make that a success, can I? On sanity checks?
0: Ah, uh, luck rules. That's a good question. I always forget that one. Let me take a moment to look it up. Okay. Ah. Herr Lama, you are positively a conduit.
3: <laughs> An unwitting one, but yes.
0: Yeah, it's hard because the the sun is you know fading into the west it's cast its light into the eyes of lamar but you do pick up like a faint yellow glow against the whites because it's kind of like put the whites of his eyes through a filter in a way but it it doesn't radiate out here in in the late afternoon early evening light a light so sorry one sec continue your (laughs) although when he closes his mouth he has sort of a coquettish Kind of look grin, to, his, uh, to his face you know this uh, flirtatious cast to his eyes and mouth is it perhaps even to, uh, like a professional like something an actor would put on
1: for yeah you know. yeah maybe
0: yeah. all right luck so luck may not be spent on luck rolls damage rolls or sanity rolls okay but like i said it was a small hit so we'll just do 1d3 sanity loss for you do i get none uh it was zero for a pass okay. so
1: you're good because i believe one will send me right. to the edge, yeah. right? and i'll start shooting this place
0: <laughs> all
1: the hell Ooh, two uh so uh i'll uh uh i guess i'll start talking right <laughs> okay and uh, i don't know uh if that's cool with you or not yeah go for okay. it uh, hold on.
0: uh frau flores i presume yes Although what she whispered was for Monroe's ears alone, so you didn't oh, quite hear sorry. that. Well, let's go ahead and do a listen roll. We'll make it That's a right. hard one. I forgot she was uh, whispering. Ooh.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. So you, you heard it. So carry on. Ah, so Frau
1: Flores, I presume. Yes. Now what exactly do we, did we just
3: want to find these? Well, actually, we were, I was hoping that If we found another member of the Church of Contemplation, then we can get some answers that Mm -hmm. we hadn't gotten in the previous ones. Like, we still have no idea who, you know, the pastor is. Okay,
1: I am most sorry to disturb your unrest, uh, but uh, uh, me and my companion here have some questions for you.
0: Don't be sorry. I'm more than happy to be disturbed by handsome gentleman like yourselves.
3: Ah, I'm going to be like disentangling myself from Lamar's <laughs>
0: embrace. Yeah. He, uh, she lets, as you like move away, like the tips of Lamar's fingers just slide down your arm. And Yeah. I think
3: that's probably what creeps me out. Like that, that's where the sand hit came from. Johan will
1: have a, like a bemused, gr- like grin on his face. <laughs> Does
4: Lamar let out a, a, uh, wistful side throaty throaty <laughs> laugh. yes <laughs> oh go yes for a
0: she does um but yeah so she's left that statement hang in the air and and let monroe disentangle well monroe and there's an implicit yes go ahead with your question i
3: assume that the object that we see in this tree is the object that holds your essence we spoke to Orrin bietti and
0: you know we found his possession Oh, that old codger? What does he know? Mm-hmm. But I'll never tell. Don't you find the chase a little more interesting when I play it coy? No, not really.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, Monroe, you seem to be at a loss for words. Yes, yes. It, this is a state that I'm not used to being in. Uh, <laughs> because part of part of my mind is speaking to this woman and part of it is like, reconciling that I'm speaking to Lamar.
1: There's no need to be rude, Monroe. I'll extend my hand. I'm uh, Professor Mueller.
0: Yeah. A pleasure to meet you. She takes it. It's a very dainty shake with uh, that's sort of, there's a spark to it because you you feel this femininity in in the grasp and, and the lingering touch. You know, there's something more caressing about it. And it's a pleasure to meet you. So we want to uh
1: ask you some questions about who it was um the pastor of the order yes uh that uh, initiated yes. uh this um, yes 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 uh,
3: sorry uh, I, I i apologize <laughs> for for losing my wits but yes there are there are several members of of the order that we would we were hoping that you could uh enlighten us on their whereabouts uh and another few questions i have are how has your existence been since you've taken this leap to being outside of a normal physical form we believe that some organization is feeding off of the power that you've you've managed to gain and and we need we need to know if we're going to be attempting to stop them
0: well that's quite a lot for a young woman such as myself as to how i've been I've been doing great. My stock in trade was my good looks, but time had been taking its toll, and Michael Thomas blessed us all. And so now here I am to give my blessing to people for all time. Don't you want my blessing?
3: What does your blessing entail?
0: Bury an ounce of flesh in my fertile earth, and you will surely learn my worth. I can show you if you'd like.
3: Johan, I'm hesitant,
1: but... There is only one way to discover the mysteries of this earth, and that is to jump. Sometimes Very off true. the precipice. Very true. But perhaps currently now is not the time, given that it is still daylight and we do not have an appropriate pound of flesh. Unless you wish to start carving on Omar here.
3: <laughs> how would we? How would you show us this if we don't have an offering? So manipulating the meat vehicle,
0: Lamar Meat Vehicle, I like that terminology. <laughs> she kneels down and, and uh just scoops at you know, pulls away the grass and, and claws out a small pocket of earth beneath that sycamore tree where you guys are ah, poor Lamar. And then she looks at the two of you with her coquettish look and tears the lower portion of Lamar's ear off in one quick grasp. Okay. <laughs> and then puts it in that hole and covers it and smiles at you with blood flowing freely from the torn air of Lamar. My jaw is going to be, you know, hanging wide open, but as that
3: is not nearly, was it a pound ounce, much smaller than that. But at the same time, I'm I'm going to be, you know, now in, in in in, seeing what happens next.
0: Well, you'll just have to find out. He's received my blessing. You can too. All who come me may receive my blessing. Well,
1: I'm puffing on my pipe and eyeing, <laughs> and eyeing uh, Monroe over the rims of
3: my glasses. Part of part of Monroe is like figuring out what part of him he could sacrifice. <laughs> like, I don't want to disfigure my ear, but you know, maybe a love, a bit of a love handle or something like that.
0: Yeah. Well, think of um when you get a smallest steak at a steakhouse. Yeah, that was usually like eight ounces, right? Or maybe even six. So, you know, divide that up into eight pieces in your mind to get an idea of what it would be. Maybe, like, this amount of yeah, like, a finger yeah, or something. Part of a finger, but, yeah.
3: Like, or particularly your pinky finger. Or, like, a little toe or something like that. Yeah. Um, but, no, I'm, I'm I'm more thinking, like, I've always figured Monroe has a little bit of uh, a portliness to him. Like, not, not really fat, but... Starting to... Well, the beginnings of pudge. Type yeah. Thing, you know. And, and that he probably has some some extra flesh somewhere that he could
0: well think on it for a time i'll be here boys ta-ta and uh the lamar comes back and he's like ah ah ah, ah what have you guys done to me this time
3: <laughs> nothing uh, lamar lamar <laughs> calm yourself calm yourself we have
1: extremely wonderful news for you Herr Lamar.
5: <laughs>
1: you are an amazing conduit and perhaps even a medium <laughs> yes, it it was really quite spectacular. You you channeled her watching magnificently, you, watching you rip
3: the lobe of your ear off in one clean tear. Truly marvelous. Other than the pain you're feeling, do you have any other sensations? She said she blessed you for. Oh yes, yes. Memories ah uh, that ah uh, ah uh, are new. Uh, how do, how do you feel? Or do you feel healthier? Do you feel more
0: invigorated? Uh, He begins a couple of uh, half starts to all the questions that are coming at him But he's like got his hand on his ear and he looks at all the blood And then he looks at you and he faints straight away (sighs) Right back onto the grass But we'll pause with you guys for a moment and head back over He was always one to disappoint To the university crew I love
3: how we managed to scoop up
0: sacrifices along our (laughs) way One must always be prepared (laughs) Dr. Andrews, you have been using the optional luck rule to stay conscious. Would you like to stop doing that now and allow yourself to pass out from the pain that you've been holding at bay through willpower?
2: No, I need to do it long enough to do some first aid on myself.
0: All right, so we'll continue to proceed in rounds. So you spend two more luck, and we'll just start at the top again, and you can act first. So you... You still have, you're hopeful because you still feel pain in your hand, that nerves are alive there still. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that whatever this effect was went outward in, but flesh will be, need to be removed because it's, you know, necrotized now. So it'll cause you a uh, blood poisoning infection if you leave it there. Yeah. I think we found where we can get our flesh from, Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: but for now, I could probably... First aid. Apply a tourniquet to keep it from spreading yeah. or something, right? Yeah,
0: and also you, you do have the unconscious woman to attend to, Betty Williams. Are you going to start with your hand first? Yeah. Yeah, so because of... Well, let me describe a, a couple other things. So Finn McCraken has lowered his shotgun but he's looking at the creature there with a wide expression on his face and uh that hole in the in the world is still open Mm. and whitmire is still uh moving slow but ever since the creature fell you're getting you see like your jacket ripple a little bit as though some force is pulling it towards this hole and you see a small object kind of flick off the desk and go flying into the hole. Or like one of those like tubes or lights that were on the shelf. Something that's light like flies into the hole and and you get a sense of a force beginning to pull you. It's it's fairly weak at this moment.
2: Is that um, hole like widening or narrowing or what? It's
0: staying how it is at this stage.
2: All right. Um, Well, whatever. I got to do first aid. So that's what I'll do on myself.
0: Okay, so we'll do, go ahead and do your first aid roll. I'm actually not going to put a a penalty on there. So you gain one hit point back immediately, and you think you've stopped the worst of the effects for now. Anyways, uh, medicine will need more time, at least an hour, to perform it, and you would think it unadvisable to perform it on yourself right? unless you need it to. So that brings us to you, uh, Whitmire. All right, has so fi- go ahead i would
4: like to uh I'd like to uh start moving over
0: towards um Betty Williams okay so yeah you, uh, what's your intention up. scooper up so yeah you begin yeah. to do that in this round and we'll come back around to dr Andrews has finished this hasty tourniquet on his left arm
2: yeah so I'll uh you know once I've done that I'll just uh I guess I can shout that you've got to get us away from that thing pointing at the hole.
0: Yeah. And now I believe you've lost four luck. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And the gravitational force or this maybe um, decompressive force or something that's occurring has started to draw larger objects in. So you see one of those folders that had like a leather bound wooden binding to them flies off the table, goes into this hole and objects on the floor start skittering across And Finn's scrawling in his note, and he's crossed it out, and then he just scrawls some big words, and he holds it up, and it just says, run. Yeah. (laughs) So, Whitmire, you're able to finish your turn, and you hear the Dr. Andrews chipmunk speak where he says what he says, but you've scooped up Betty, but that's it for you, and then it comes back around to Dr. Andrews, costing you eight points to remain conscious. Yeah, I'll run. Okay. So, yeah, you clear the room. Uh, Finn is gesturing at you in high speed, Whitmire, to move it. What would you like to do? As I will
4: start to run as well.
0: Okay. Yeah, uh, given how quick you guys normally move, you can still make it entirely out of the room, and Finn is the last one out, and he closes the door behind him, and you start to hear a great clatter and ruckus as larger objects are thrown into the hole, and some things that were mounted or restrained in ways began to tear themselves free, and uh, that's where it ends with you. Now, Dr. Andrews, you've made it a fair distance down the hallway. Are you going to spend the 16 points? No, that's where I'll give it up. Uh, And then you collapse and go into unconsciousness. Now, getting some distance between yourself and that hole, you seem to move out of that temporal distortion. You are trapped in Mr. Whitmire, and You almost stumble as everything speeds up for you.
4: Okay. So now that I'm back to normal, uh, how long will it take to find uh, Dr. Andrew's unconscious body?
0: Not long at all. He was moving the way that he came down. So
4: as I'll try to, well, how big is Dr. Andrew's?
0: What's your size? Your build? It's in your combat tab. Yeah, my build is minus one. Well, he uh, McCracken alleviates the problem for you as he sees you have your arms full with Betty Williams, and once you guys catch up to Doctor Andrews, he scoops him up, and we can actually proceed out, outside of the round. Uh, if thing. we
4: see those doctors at all, or those uh, not doctors, those professors uh, that had helped us with that specimen, as I'm going to tell you, uh, tell him that there's a full size specimen in the <laughs> in the radio room. <laughs> But they better hurry uh if they want to want to see it.
3: Like, what? Did you send two doctors to their deaths? <laughs>
0: That's
2: being pulled yep, into a no black witnesses, mall. man.
0: <laughs> but yeah, they're uh they have they second think it because they hear something large crash across that room and uh you know, a great clatter. But then there's like a, a a hollow sort of popping sound that you feel more than hear and Everything is silent from that point on, and they they All look right. at you with a concerned expression, Mister Whitmire.
4: Yeah, I'll uh, I'll just say as, uh, yeah, it looks like you missed your chance. As, uh, have a good day, <laughs> and
0: then <laughs> wait. What are uh, you talking about? If there's been some damage to the room, I hold you accountable. As, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to
4: start walking <laughs> yep.
0: out to the car. Yeah, Finn gives him a friendly wave, and he walks off with the other unconscious person. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Tell
4: him that we've we've got to get uh, both of these uh, people some medical treatment. Um, yeah, luckily
0: this time and this time of year, the campus is not heavily populated, so you guys, as it moves on to evening, are able to make it out to your car, and I'll give Dr. Andrew's another constitution role to wake up at this point. Okay. Yeah, so you're still unconscious. You guys can see his hand is in a bad way. It's uh, blackened and it's oozing at this stage. Well, we're at Harvard. Yeah. You're, or no, you're at the University of Massachusetts. I remixed things a little bit from the last gotcha, time. Gotcha, gotcha.
2: Okay. All right. So, yeah, get me to a hospital. I say,
1: does it. <laughs> Does Brandon's previous notes from the stuff that we lost still count? So, if he, when Andrews goes back,
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> this, oh, wait uh, a minute, there'll be a
3: temporal, because there is shift. a temporal, uh, right?
0: <laughs> <clears throat> Possibly there is a, as if you guys caught on to it, it seemed that um, Beckett was describing that these separate places were tied together somehow. Yeah. So, yes, things that occurred here may now be tied to future events with these creature with this creature but you killed it so perhaps the threat has passed anyhow whitmire in the car finn also has his there as uh i'm gonna just tell
4: finn that we need to we need to get to the nearest well the second nearest hospital okay As uh, a... if there's one super close to here i really don't want to go there i would think that's the first place anybody would go looking for us
0: well, he writes. Should we take one or split up? What do you want to do? Uh,
4: I, I would rather not leave either of our vehicles here. That way, they can't
0: get traced back to us. <laughs> okay. He says, "Do you want to take uh, the girl or Doctor Andrews?" As I'll uh, yeah, I'll, I'll switch him
4: off. Or well, I can take both, I guess.
0: Okay. So he puts uh, Andrews in the back seat, and you put the girl in the front seat and he follows you to, or you follow him to, the second nearest hospital. And it's en route that Dr. Andrews is finally able to to rouse out of his unconscious state. Still in quite a bit of pain as those nerve endings, the, the living ones in your hand are singing mm-hmm. their impending demise.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you gotta hurry, Whitmire, before this gangrene spreads further.
4: <laughs> uh, when you come to, I'll be, uh, I'll be talking to myself. Uh, as if I was talking you know, to an actual person about uh, th- this is what happens. It's, it's, <laughs> it's always my luck. is uh, I go to Peru to get away from a damn gangster, and then I get chased by a god all the way back to America. And now, you know, uh, dealing with either a uh, uh, weird abomination creature or, you know, is this the god? As, what do you think? And then. <laughs> Maybe you come to
1: reach over in the passenger seat and shake Betty.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> or whatever her name is. Yeah, Betty you Williams. Know. I don't know. Seems like you get yourself into this. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> this is typical. You're always saying it's my fault.
1: Perhaps if you had stayed in school.
4: <laughs>
2: it's yeah, not guess my fault. <laughs> when I come to, then I'll see if I can
4: apply some first aid to her as well.
0: Yeah, you uh, have a, f- a few things in your bag you think might work, so go ahead and toss that roll out there for me.
4: And I'll explain to you that uh, we are we are on our way to a hospital as well.
0: Yeah, so um, the injury she sustained doesn't seem too bad, but she will need to be monitored mm-hmm. just because it is a head injury, probably cuss- concussed. But uh, you actually try your smelling salts that you carry, and they do rouse her. Okay. Perhaps uh, a practice round of trypanning? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hold still, yeah. mm-hmm. Most Olivia. is a pressure,
1: some <laughs> cranial pressure. There I could have a <laughs> Yeah, but you I need
4: to drill into her skull and relieve the pressure, right?
0: Hmm. <laughs> yeah, she's got that vague expression in her eyes, but she mumbles out, oh, "What happened?" As uh, smack her and make her come too old away. We were attacked, unfortunately. That's why we have the impression of, of more decorum from the past, because they didn't hesitate to smack anybody that showed the slightest. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what
4: 1920s medicine was, wasn't it? Like, you break your leg, they just smack you a couple times. You're
0: okay. Yeah. Quit it.
3: Stop walking weird. Isn't that they one of those gave things? You opium and then just jerked and tugged yeah. on your leg until it was either in place or close enough. Yep. Cut off.
4: Or, or they just amputate it. Yeah. And then... Yeah, give you some whiskey and send you on your way with another smack.
1: Yeah, ah, sure. We had some braces by this point. Uh, yeah. Casts,
4: uh, as well as the x-ray machine. A couple.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so is there any conversation you would like to have in the car? Or shall we fast forward to the hospital?
4: Yeah, well,
2: I don't... Like, I'd be in too much pain to focus on any... Okay, yeah, so and I'm,
4: I'm too busy talking to myself to have a conversation with anybody else.
0: Yeah, and... um watching betty you just see she has a a realization where the memory of what had happened comes back to her and then from that point onward she just stares wide-eyed out the window yeah uh begins to try to say a few things but just can't really come up with anything coherent but you guys get to the hospital and when you walk in there the the uh Nurse at the front sees your hand, and she sort of gasps and she's like, How did you yeah. <laughs> but yes, she ushers you immediately to um to find a doctor and he is similarly similarly uh shocked at how this occurred mm. um what excuse will you give because you know they've probably seen something similar by you know somebody who's house ridden and a yeah. diabetic and and whatnot, but you seem to be a man in his prime years yeah, plus good health nice clothes and here you've had this thing happen to your hand but he cuts off his own question and he begins to treat it cut off your hand <laughs> while you guys are left out in the uh in the waiting area uh, you and betty and finn mr whitmire yeah. so give me a luck roll, brandon we'll see how qualified your doctor is now that you've spent all that luck yeah yeah, I guess he could also be shaken oh, by yeah. the Oh, that's fun. And that really took you down. Yeah, you're just too focused inward to really examine what he's doing, but Yeah. Let me give him a medicine roll here.
4: Well, we'll give him a. F- they treat him with ether at this point to just knock him out so they can amputate. I I
1: think it could be like uh the doctor might be trying to save parts.
0: Right. Yeah, he's yeah. He's taking a look. They probably won't do that unless they go to amputate, you know, because it's possible in this day and age they could still excise all the necrotized flesh and and save it there. In any case, he has a 50% skill. So if you just want to roll a 1D 100 for me, Dr. Andrews, had you been paying closer attention, this is one of those doctors that made his way through medical school, perhaps on the backs of his uh, students, his co C's get the green. Nice. Yep. But he did the job, so you uh, you gain back 1d3 hit points and you lose 1d6 <laughs> fingers. Wait a minute. So yeah, before he <laughs> begins the procedure, he says he's go he thinks that you're going to lose the pinky finger on that hand and I'm going to have to remove all this flesh and there might be nerve damage. Otherwise, we can amputate to be sure, which do you prefer? Um so he thinks we'll need to cut
2: it off, the, potentially. The
0: pinky, I think, is entirely lost. He's got his
1: ounce of flesh. No, I has. hopefully it will soon be our ounce of flesh. <laughs>
2: and so what's his question?
0: Uh, or yeah. we could amputate it. She didn't specify that it had to be our flesh. I was supposed to ask you oh. that before the roll, because it would have determined. Okay, so I got two hit points back.
2: Uh, because if we don't, there's a chance that it, it might still be necrotized. Well, you know he'll spread. succeed
0: at his thing because I rolled it too soon. Mm. So you can just go for the option that you know will work that will keep the majority of your hand.
2: Yeah, chop it off.
0: Well, No, you know he'll be able to do the lesser evil. But if you want him to chop it off. Oh, okay. <laughs> just to be uh, – it's part of the protagonist's journey to lose a hand. Mm. Come on.
2: No, I didn't I didn't <laughs> mean
0: the hand. I meant the pinky. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Rule of luck to see if he took it that way. Yeah. <laughs>
2: chops my head off
0: (laughs) yeah so it's with the application of ether and the beginnings of this procedure to remove the pinky and the necrotized flesh on dr andrews's left hand that we must close this session ah so (laughs) thanks for playing guys thanks Thanks, thanks
3: that was a lot of fun All right, we can get those rolls out there. Oh, yeah. And I've got to say, having you whisper sweet nothings to me in a slightly feminine (laughs) voice almost gave me a sanity loss.
0: This has been a Death Watch production. Thank you for listening.